It's another Ian Collins Once a Word Fact, powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. The new car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. Just before we get back into, uh, you know, summer break stuff and everything. Right. What a complaint. Did we? Yeah. Somebody said to me, uh, this is on Twitter, not enough culture on your podcast, like your podcast, not enough culture. And I said, what do you mean, not enough culture? And they said, not enough culture. And I said, what do you mean, mean, not enough culture? And they said, not enough culture. I like to think we're pretty cultured. And I said, what do you mean, not enough culture? And they said, not enough culture. I said, of course we've got culture. We break new bands as well, like this. Do your balls hang low? Can you swing them to and fro? Can you tie them in the nut? Can you tie them in the bow? Can you swing them over your shoulder like a regiment? That's a winner, isn't it? Not enough culture, my ass. <laughs> Ian Collins wants a word. So we return, Kev, uh, from summer festivities. You look tanned and you think awesome. So? Yeah, I'm a bit surprised you brought your surfboard in with you, though. I don't think that was really necessary. That's not a surf. It's an ironing board, you dickhead. <laughs> Okay, why bring an ironing board? I've come straight from the airport. Right. Got to iron my pantage. Yeah. So that I'm ready to go. So, there you go. Andre, can you start? Whip out the Morphe Richards. (laughs) Man alive, he's slow. I'll tell you what, the ironing board technology's come on a long way. Because, well, we used to have, you know, like your one there, your standard sort of like uh, wonky leg thing that goes up and down. Yeah. We used to have one of them. I think that I bought that in like, uh, I don't know, something like... Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Andre, have you got any ironing board music? <laughs> Always wanted to do that. So I bought this this uh, ironing board in probably about 1996 or something. Yeah, that's very specific. It lasted a long time, but then it started getting squeaky and it wouldn't it wouldn't go up as much as it used to because it's aging. Mm. Fill in your own gags. So we got a new one, but this one like folds the top of it folds in half and the legs fold into it. So you can put it in like a cupboard under the stairs, or you can, you know, slide it under a sofa, and people just don't know it's there. It's wonderful. I know somebody who's got one that you slide out of your worktop, so it kind of goes. Say you've got your washing machine, and then there's the the cupboard uh, that houses the under the sink stuff, and then between the two you have kind of a gap. Right. That you know, once you you could have put like a little rack where you pull out tea towels. Okay. Uh, but in there is a device, and you pull it out. And you lift one flap up, you lift another flap up, and before you realise it, there's kind of some sort of scientific sound. And bingo, it's a fucking ironing board. <laughs> right. And there's a very good reason why you should never be allowed near this technology. Do you know why? what that is? Go on. You have a small son. And I could see you going, oh, look, Sandy, I've got you a diving board. <laughs> Little paddling pool underneath. And not that you're an irresponsible parent in any way, no. but I know the way your mind works. Excuse me, is that 999? Yeah, I seem to have folded my own son up <laughs> into an ironing board. I'm just hoping, as we're recording this, that there's no stories about ironing board incidents. No, let's hope. Uh, have you got some questions, Kev? I do. It's a fresh new batch for a brand new season of feedback and questions and so on via social media, via post, uh, via you name it. Uh, if you want to get it to us, people tend to find a way. Yeah, always. From Pippi McGrew. 
who made a stew. <laughs> it tasted like cow poo. Uh, Pippi says, Do you think the immigration debate will ever be solved? Can't these idiots at Westminster either close all the borders or open them all up? I'm sick of the mere mention of the word. I don't care. Well, I think a lot of people are in that situation where uh, we constantly hear uh, this debate kind of rumbles on and you get the sort of UKIP people say one thing and then you get Labour and the Tories trying to sound a bit UKIP light because they don't want to you know, appear to be weak on immigration. Then you have, of course, the homogenised idea of the integrated Europe, which means you have free travel between borders and that may or may not be fraught with big problems. If you speak to most people and you say, have you had a specific problem with an immigrant they cannot say, yes, I have, yeah. but then there's a perception, possibly uh, peddled by some tabloid newspapers, that there is a problem, and I'm sure in some areas there is a problem, and there's school, and it, and that it does kind of go on. You think, can somebody f***ing <laughs> solve this pro- It cannot be that hard. You know, you either have a quota system, or you let everybody in, or you don't let anybody... Just sort it out. The only thing I would say, somebody the other day uh, tweeted, they, they said, is there any difference between the debate we're having now, and, and this was reference... Uh, kind of jihadist coming back into the country. Yeah. Uh, and what the EDL, the English Defence League, were saying a load of years ago. Mm. I said, yes, there's a lot of difference because the English Defence League are officially a bunch of... Quack, quack, oops. <laughs> and he said, I disagree. And I said, if you disagree, then have a listen to this. This is an official representative of the EDL explaining his problem... With immigration. I'm here to protest, right? Because I'm going on a march because I want Britain to be back British. I want Britain to be back British. We've got interracial law and the Muslimic infidel. They're trying to get their law over our country. And it's, it is happening. It's happening in other countries. Everything is happening in every country. Like, so now you get the idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why we shouldn't be listening to people like that. No, I, I think that's probably very wise. Yes. Humphrey says, I noticed episodes 100 and 101. You remember those? Last couple of episodes, we did 100 yeah. questions. Before the summer break. 100 questions yeah. for your summer and it was it was wonderful. However, Humphrey has noticed that uh, we were apparently at least three questions short of 100. Really? Not that I counted. Yes, you did, you lying <laughs> shit. Where are the rest? Well, there's a very good reason for that. We had to... Because uh, it's no secret that this isn't live. We're being, you know, we, we're recording this and it's it's being distributed to you electronically. There were three questions which were so long, effectively, they are a podcast on their own. So That's we've true. saved them, yeah. and at a later date, we're going to release it Correct. as, like, the missing questions. Yeah, good idea. Foolhardy Phil from Facebook says, Is there a tourist attraction in the UK that is mind-blowing? I don't mean a bit good or rather impressive. I'm talking mind-blowing like a Grand Canyon or Ayers Rock type affair. Oh, that's a good question. If you want to... Mi- yeah, but you see, this country, because it's... Uh, a lot of the tourist stuff is historic-based. Yeah. So you don't go to... Uh, I mean, you go... You, if you go to Buckingham Palace or Tower of London or those kind of places, they're, they're impressive, but they're not, what's the word he used? Mind-blowing. Mm. Well, they are kind of mind-blowing in a different way, I suppose. I think seeing the crown jewels... <laughs> Come what, on. Stop it. Come on. <laughs> seeing the crown jewels in the Tower of London and all the little bits and pieces within it, and I'd like to go again, I think that is pretty mind-blowing. 
Oh, oh, but it's not a Grand Canyon. No, you say the Grand Canyon is just kind of Yankee-fired. Wow, man! Right, you say that, yeah. but I went to the Tower of London once, and the Queen had borrowed her hat to go out shopping. Seriously? Yeah, so it wasn't there. And it was just like, this isn't her hat. This is just like a it's like a plastic, uh, a cardboard standee thing, which represented her, her comedy jeweled hat. But you it wasn't keep, there. You have to keep moving, don't you? Yeah, you You're do. You're not allowed to stop in case you find a way into the jewels. It's like if you go and see, um... Lenin. If you're in Moscow, you can go and see him, or what's left of him, all waxy and things, but you have to go around the, uh, there's like a conveyor belt, which you have to keep walking around. <laughs> they put him on a conveyor belt? Yeah, presumably in case you try to hurt him or something. It's just like, it's it's quite strange. And this week on the conveyor belt, cuddly toy, a canteen of cutlery, a kettle, a dead communist. <laughs> You're on the conveyor belt. He's not. He's in the middle. Okay. Lying quietly. Could you get much of a gulp, uh, Lenny? I mean, how far away is he? Well, it's it's very dark, and he's in the middle, and it all looks a little bit sort of shadowy. Because when everybody's gone, a couple of the security guards must mooch and have a proper old look. And sort of what, you know, you mean? on his lips or something. I was going to say, what, you know, see how big his member was or something. Somebody say member! Pen of the day! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie McCribbin's crusty coat. Oh, hang on a sec. Get, can we can we hear from EDL, boys? He's still going. The, they put they put down in in London, like more or less near London today. But you see what I mean? Don't vote for these people in any shape or form. No. Speaking of votes, not really. To do with Scotland, though. Okay. Kind of. Mm. Jamie McCrimmon's crusty kilt writes, "It finally happened." So, what does Ian think of Peter Capaldi? As Doctor Who. Well, well, I did watch the first uh, five minutes of the episode. Five minutes? Uh, yes. It, apparently, he'd lost. He'd landed on the beach in at the Thames, and it, he came out of a box. He was spat, spat out of a dinosaur, yeah. Yes. He was spat out of a quite badly CGI'd animated dinosaur. Oh, come on. It wasn't bad. And... I even thought by Doctor Who standards quite bad, and then this kind of sort of slightly bad acting sequence took place. He just regenerated. He's got all this mad oh, energy. Molly Weir. It's kind of. I wasn't far <laughs> off, really, was I? <laughs> Who am I? I don't know where I am. Are you a Dalek? Do you want to save me, man? Oh, Mister Grace, where are you? Are you Bonnie Langford? Where's Sylvester? Now, come on, he's tremendous. He That's is all tremendous. I saw. Was he good? Yeah, he is good. He's very good. Although it's different because he's kind of. Uh, He's a little bit edgy and weird and grumpy, so he's quite a mm. contrast to the last. Well, couple. I'm all right with that because I thought all that kind of slight wackiness was slightly annoying. Well, you still get a little bit of that, okay. but it's um, it's more sort of measured. Give it a try this weekend. It looks scary this weekend. All right, I'll have a little look. Have a go. Uh, Creepy Dave writes: I saw you, Collins. I really saw you. You were sitting on a sofa next to Bill Turnbull. What's he like? Is he nice? Is he? Is he? What were you doing? I wasn't next to Bill Turnbull. This was BBC Breakfast the other day. Oh, yeah. Doing the the, the news review. Okay. Uh, but Bill Turnbull wasn't on. Oh, right. Who was on? I can't remember their name. Roger. Oh, Roger. Roger and yeah. Steph. Roger and Steph. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. couple. Yeah. Uh, but Bill wasn't on. Because it was a Sunday. Bill doesn't work on a Sunday. Well, why would he? Doesn't have to. Was it nice then? Did they look after you there? They always look after me there. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice. It's nice up there. Nice crowd, you get a croissant and a coffee. Do you? Yeah, and as many newspapers as you can fit in your bag when you leave. <laughs> how, many did, how many did you take? All of them, 500. <laughs> right. Sold the darn lot. 
Andre, is he back? Just trying to put their, their law down on us. And we, we can't stand for that. It's the Muslim, Muslimic law. He's still they've, they've, at it. That's why you need serious people talking about immigration, just for the record. Well, this is true. Well, that's the, that's the EDL, everybody. Don't even deserve a slow hand clap, really. Uh, Lady Jane writes, What was the best thing about summer 2014? I vote for the weather and the excellent comedy from David Cameron. It wasn't bad weather-wise. I mean, I know that... I think it's... Uh, when is it? End of September when summer officially yes. finishes. Uh, so, technically, it's still summer. But the weather's, you know... It was all right. No, off. I've had this conversation with so many people about the weather. There's, for some reason, we're run away with this idea that we had a fantastic summer. And we didn't. What we had was about two and a half weeks of some nice days. The problem with British weather is that you never know from day to day whether the next day is going to be a nice exactly. day. So you look at... The forecast looks good, but then it could just suddenly pour hard on you. So we've got no real idea. And there was a lot of rain, because I remember there was a point at the end of July, August, I couldn't cut the grass for about three weeks because it rained a lot in August. Yeah. So July was quite good, but it was only for about two and a half weeks. And for some reason, lots of people seem to run away with the idea that we've just had four months of solid sunshine. Yeah. We didn't. But I think that comes down to weekends because we had some nice weekends. So if you sure. use your barbecue across three weekends, then you think, oh, that's three weeks of good weather. Yes, you think you had three months. You actually had three days. Yeah, and the rest of the time, you're, you're stuck in an office. Correct. So, you know, you don't really notice it. Or a studio. Dolly the Sheep's former owner says, do you think they've secretly already cloned a human being? No, that because that would suggest there's a secret laboratory where they do this kind of stuff, wouldn't it? A little bit. Although, is it fair to say that there's somebody in the world... This goes in, in line with my time travel theory. Okay. That there's somebody in the world right now sitting in a lab trying to invent time travel. So there must be somebody in the world at the moment sitting in a lab trying to clone humans. Yes, but there is such a thing as particle time travel, isn't there, in the physics sense? Oh, yeah, but nobody cares so about... No, nobody, little... Every time a scientist tries to sell that one, it's like, don't sell me that. Just, I want Michael J. Fox data. Yeah. That's yeah. what I need. I don't yeah. need to be told that technically and theoretically one particle can, therefore it's defied time. What I need to know is that I can go into a thing and punch in the numbers and go uh, 1973 and, and go back and look at stuff. Exactly. That's what I want to be able to do. I wouldn't go to 73, by the way. Well, why not? I don't know what happened in 73. As for cloning, I'm not sure. Where would they start? What would you do? Clone Piers Morgan. Let's have a, a globe full of Piers Morgan. Well, this you is could the run question. around the place shouting <laughs> CNN. You'd have to have people. You'd have you'd have to start cloning people who are actually important or provide some sort of value. So the first people. So that's us off the list. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're fucked. Uh, but um, other than that, you would you know, you'd obviously look at like world leaders, presumably, and you sort of go, well, Barack Obama. You could do with a spare one of him, in case this one, you know. Uh, falls in a well or something. Yeah. They probably wouldn't bother too much with David Cameron. Um, but what a cloned Barack Obama, when you, when you clone him, in terms of thinking matter, um, mental history, psychology, what are, you, what, what are you cloning in that respect? So are you cloning somebody who is born a baby and grows up to be Barack Obama, or are you cloning a real-life human adult? How the f*** uh, do I know? I'm not a scientist. Well, that's what I need to know. Could you just go, right, Barack, stick your finger in there. Sorry. <laughs> right, Mr. Clinton, stick your finger in there. And then, you know, suddenly in a pod in the corner, another person appears. Or do you simply... Is, is that the kind of cloning we want to aspire to? Yes, of course it is. Okay, right, OK. So does that person that you then create, do they come with all the same mental faculties and history and experiences that the person you've cloned? Or are they a fresh sheet of paper? 
Maybe we could clone this man. Obviously, it's our law, isn't it? Like, there's no what We can't do anything about and that. And then shoot the f***ing <laughs> pair of them! <laughs> Would the gene pool be any poorer if he wasn't in it? I bet you that bastard breeds as well. Really? Kev. Uh, from... Uh, Rob the Knob says, Does the panel agree with me that the new royal baby is nothing but a shallow attempt by the government to persuade Scotland to stay in the United Kingdom? Ah, uh, good question. This is something that's been floated uh, over the past yeah. couple of weeks about, well, that's why. This is all about Scottish independence. He got her up the royal duff uh, <laughs> so that somebody in Glasgow will go, well, I really like royal babies. Yeah. Or, um, uh, it won't be our royal baby if we uh, separated. Well, this is it, yeah. If you're listening to this after the uh, referendum, of course, where the non-rigged question, should Scotland be its own country because it's very f***ing cool and better than England, <laughs> uh, if you answered that, uh, yes, it should be, and therefore it's now independent because you're listening to this in the future, then um, what about that? What about that? Yeah, and if you listen to this and it went the other way and we're all still one big United Kingdom, what about that? Yeah, what about that? Uh, if you've got any questions you want to send to us, kev at onceaword.com, ian at onceaword.com. Send them through to us. Uh, we'll try and include them in uh, the next episode uh, of any nature, as you heard from that, of any kind of nature. Yeah. We're not choosy. It is back for 2015. Oh, no, it's still 2014, isn't it? Here we go. It does feel like a new year, It does, it feels like a new year. They may well be microscopic in their significance, but these are those small moments in life that hurt your cranial department. You know, the kind of tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a zone of utter and complete frustration. There are those who will say, look, this doesn't matter. Just jog on. Forget it. Take it on the chin. These are fools. They don't know what you're talking about. Minor as they may be, these are those things that effortlessly mess up your day. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. Kev. I have two. Okay. I was on holiday because it was summer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, travelled around a little bit, uh, went to a very nice uh, hotel, and um, we, were, we were near a, a stretch of coastline where most of the time it was very, very sunny, very hot. And it was wonderful. And you had, like, a nice swimming pool and people were in the swimming pool. But here's what I don't understand and here's what I noticed. Because we were on the coastline, obviously, you know, you're occasionally prone to the odd tropical storm. As in that part of the world, that tends to happen. Answer me this. Hang on. (laughs) Why is it that when people are in a swimming pool and it starts to rain, they get out? You're already wet, you bunch of dicks! (laughs) It doesn't make any difference oh to your God, day. I'm soaking. It makes no difference to your day. Where's my brolly? Is it the wrong kind of water? If so, what do they think is in a hotel pool's water anyway? Pure mineral water or something? No, I've got news for you. Not only is there chlorine and rainwater, there's also probably piss from people, particularly True. kids who can't be bothered getting out to go yeah, to the toilet. Every step. Of I just, I, I'm mystified by yes, that. Yes, you're right. It is. There is a big exit when it rains. The other one is people who um, on social media do this thing about. Um, they do little quips like, um, oh, I went to Waitrose and I couldn't decide between the uh, luxury tiger bread or the uh, the new season artisan granary. Hashtag middle class problems. Uh. Off! <laughs> it's not a middle class problem. It's not a problem at all. It's you trying to sort of reassert the fact, look at me, I'm middle class, I'm middle class. Uh. No, you aren't. You're just going on social media to talk about the fact that you went to Waitrose and you bought a loaf of bread. Come on! Stop it!
And here's one, Kev. Yeah. I'd like to... Uh, I don't know whether to nominate... I think I'm going to nominate the Ministry of Justice as my random act of irrational annoyance because I happen to know that they are behind this ruse. Ooh. So, four months ago, driving down the road, doing 35 miles an hour in a 30. I don't realise it. There's no one else around, by the way. It's late. And there's a little mobile speed camera. It clocks me. And because I'm over the 10%, only by two miles an hour, I get a, a, a speeding penalty. Right. Uh, and of course the original penalty says you can either pay this fine, take three points or you can go on a driver's awareness course. I thought I'll go on the driver's awareness course. You've got 28 days to fill out the form, go online and do this. I eventually, after forgetting about it, go online. Guess what? I've missed the deadline. Bugger! Uh-oh. I've got to take the points. So I've got no choice on this. So I tried to put myself forward for the course but the thing popped up on the internet saying you've missed the course sorry you've got to revert to the original process so i wait and then eventually i get a letter saying you know you've now got two choices which is that you pay the penalty of fine of three points or you can test it in court okay so i think right i'll pay the penalty and you have to pay the penalty and send your driving license off to the dvla and then eventually of course that's it you get on with your life and nobody much cares about your three points so i pay the the fine online and I think, well, that's clearly the main thing, because by paying the fine, you've admitted you are guilty. Yeah. And the points, the physical license, I will send to them next week. I'll send it off, uh, because the physical points don't aren't actually on my... They're on the computer at the DVLA. So when I pay the fine, clearly that acknowledges and kicks in the process. And I forgot to send the license off within what I didn't realise, an allotted time. Okay. What then happens is they send you your money back, your fine back, saying, sorry, you're too late. You've got to go to court, pal. What? Yeah. But they give you another choice. You can go to court or you can still plead guilty but not appear. But the whole thing will cost you another 85 quid (laughs) and possibly a further fine. Oh, that's very reasonable. So this is all on the basis that, and I think a lot, I can understand that what probably happens is that people pay the fine and they forget to send their licence off. So DVLA never physically write it on your paper part of your licence. But again, I'm working on the basis that it's all computerised. If a copper pulled you over, he'd look at your number plate, check with the DVLA, he'd know you've got three points. He wouldn't need to see a paper licence to satisfy himself of that. So it never occurred to me that that part of the process was the more pressing. However, if you don't send your licence off within the same deadline as paying the fine, then you're summoned to court where you can not appear and just plead guilty, and that's what's going to happen to me. So therefore, Ministry of Justice, you bunch of (laughs) f***s, get a letter with the cheque back. That's extraordinary. From the Ministry of Justice. It's virtually signed by the bloody Justice Secretary. But the, I got, I mean, uh, several years ago, uh, they've dropped off now, but I got three points for doing, it was something ridiculous, like 35 and a 30. I think it was, it changed a very, it was on a hill, so it changed from like 40 to 30. Yeah, they And do you that. just don't realise. Yes. And I thought, well, I'd, you know, send my uh, paper bit of my licence off. And I thought, well, it's going to come back, you know, with a computerised bit. And it will say, like, three points or whatever. And I, th- I thought, or it's going to be a stamp, some sort of yeah. official stamp. It was just a bloke with a biro who Someone wrote, like, writes it yeah. in. Yeah. It's quite disappointing, isn't it? Really? That's just like, it, it seems really low-tech. You at least expect a, a name badge for that, don't <laughs> you? You do, yeah. Uh, this from Perry in Swansea. My random act of a rattle annoyance are pigs. I took my little boy to a market the other day. Bit harsh. And <laughs> we saw the sheep and saw the cows and even saw some goats. The pigs, however, were just plain <laughs> f***ing rude. <laughs> They aren't even scared of human beings. They just snort and sniff with their stupid penis-like snouts and then have a sh**. <laughs> they're not even worth eating. Well, we did ask for irrational annoyances. Yeah, they're big as well, pigs, aren't they? They're massive. They're big bastards. Big old beasts. Uh, Nick the Knicker Man in London says, My annoyance are men who buy women's underwear from my shop pretending it's for their wives or girlfriends. When really, it's for themselves. Mm-hmm. I can always see it in their eyes. One regular customer who we nicknamed G-String Jimmy... <laughs> 
comes back almost every week. No woman could ever have the amount of pants that this man buys. Do you think this is odd? Yes. Yes, it is odd. But I wouldn't worry about it, Nick, if he's buying pants from your shop. Have you ever, you know... No. Oh, <laughs> well, I haven't worn women's pants. Well, no, but I, no, I don't mean pants necessarily, but have you ever dressed as a lady to go to a fancy dress no. occasion? Or You must have done. You look a bit feminine. I've never I've never dressed as a female. Got good skin. I don't do fancy dress. Have you ever tried on a pair of tights? N- uh, only over my face. Okay. No, not... <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, what are we talking about? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> That's going to be wasted on so many people. Oh, yeah. But I hope, I hope, oh, some, I hope some are with us. Yeah. Um, no, I don't mean in that kind of capacity. What I'm, I'm talking about, you know, in the bank robber thing as a kid. I can be a bad Oh, I see. Right. Which did essentially involve putting on your mum's old tights over your face, which yeah. isn't something I want to dwell on. <laughs> uh, this comes from Sid Sif and the Siffling Seven Show Band. <laughs> you say, lads, our irrational annoyance are Haribos. These things are the crack cocaine of the sweetie world. Please make it stop. Ah, uh, which type, though? Well, most of them have got a... It's the fizzy ones. The fizzy ones. The fizzy ones. Yeah. Gemma Flute on Facebook says... What about dickhead men who think that putting the word skin in front of my surname is original and funny? Is there no point when they wonder that I may have heard all of this since I was at school? She says it's all so rude. Whatever happened to respect the... Quack, quack, oops. <laughs> Fair point. At Pelham in Melbourne, Australia, says my annoyance is the use of the word phablet, a hybrid of yes. the phone and a tablet. Surely this is a no-brainer. Most of us don't want a mobile phone the length of a ruler, nor do we want a tablet as small as a wallet. Who the hell advises these inventors? Um, well, they say that their research says opposite. So the Samsung Galaxy has sold really well. But didn't Steve Jobs say that... Um, yes, he did. ...something about if a phone is... If you can't operate it with, with a hand... hand, yeah. ...then it, it just shouldn't exist. Exactly. So now Apple are making it. But they're making one... So it's... Pretty much the same size as the Samsung, Samsung Galaxy, and that's clearly what they're going for. But there is then that debate of, do I actually need an iPad if I've got something this size? But it's not quite iPad enough. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think the, uh, the, the iPhone 6, with its b- bigger screen, I think is fine. I think the iPhone 6 Plus is possibly a little bit unwieldy. But I'm no, I'm no gadget expert. No. I just, you know. We need to get what's-his-name on. No, let's not bother. Okay. Kev on Twitter says... Hello. Well, says, what kind of utter jizz wizard thinks it's a good idea to close a chip shop at 8 o'clock in the evening? In my neck of the woods, you can't find a chippy open after pub hours. Who thinks that's okay? He's right about that, by the way. You can find a kebab shop, Mm. you can find a Chinese, you can find an Indian takeaway. Nearly all chip shops close about 8 o'clock. It's bad business, though, isn't it? Because you want, especially if you're near a pub, because, as you say, people want to go and get some chips. Mark says... No, it ain't a tall coffee, Mr. Starbucks. It's a small or a medium. Nothing wrong with that. Fatfi says, salesmen who see a no-salesman sign on your door but thought they'd knock on the window anyway, not ring the doorbell either, just in case. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do that. No hawkers. I was hawker. No hawkers signs are always, like, old-fashioned. I know. It's like the swimming pool one, you know, no heavy petting. Oh, that, No yeah. dive bombing, no yeah. spitting. Diane says, people using the word karma without really understanding its meaning. When bad things happen to bad people, it's not karma. I've got another one along those lines. Kafka-esque. Oh, yeah. Whenever anything's a little bit mm. oblique, it's like, oh, it's Kafka-esque. Yeah, and Freudian as well is another one. Yeah, Freudian exactly. when people mean Jungian or something like that. Michael Burke says, Apple removing the iPod Classic from their store. There's no other device like it. This has genuinely upset me. Yes, the actual iPod, not That's a phone, right. just the iPod. Gone. And that was for many people... 
the, the, the staple piece of kit. There was never really an MP3-ish player no. that was quite as good and robust. Uh, this comes from La Flema Blanca, who says, People who park right next to you in a car park when there are hundreds of empty spaces. Usually me. Yeah. Uh, Martin, I totally agree with Martin on this. Mini roundabouts outfoxes people. It's like a normal roundabout, but smaller, but still follow the same rules, people. People just drive over mini roundabouts. I bet you drive over mini roundabouts. What do you mean by the bet you drive over mini roundabouts? I bet you do. I don't. I respect the sanctity of a roundabout. I'm talking about a roundabout that is just flat on the road. It's just painted yeah. on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it has a slight slight hump. Sometimes in it might have a slight hump, yes. Most yeah. people drive over them. I drive around them. Full indicator, everything. I go around that like I'm driving a freaking HGV. Do you? Yeah, I do it properly. No, but I'm, I'm very respectful of the roundabout in all circumstances. Andy Beckett says, the way the Daily Mail website uses celeb bikini thumbnail images to draw you into its insidious clutches. He also says, uh, and who was responsible for making fat asses fashionable? Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. That's a very good question. Yeah. There is, you know, people have cosmetic surgery to make their backside bigger. Yeah, presumably because Jason Derulo likes them. I don't know. Is that it? Yeah, I think it must be. It's the kind of J-Lo thing that started all that off, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Darren Nugent says, people who have four sweeteners in their tea or coffee rather than one sugar. The gobshite. <laughs> and Boo Boo, so, well, I've touched on this one before, says Team GB, Team Scotland, etc. By this logic, you'll be known as Man Ian Collins. Uh, it is true, isn't it? I remember doing French at school and uh, saying to my mum, Mum, they do this thing in the French language. You don't say the French police, you mm. say uh, le police français. And that's really weird, the police French. And now, of course, that's exactly what we do. Is that meant to be some kind of... Get us into a, a, a Euro speak kind of thing. It is NHS England, Police Scotland. It's <laughs> isn't it? It's just well, that, that's the state of the world today. Everything's going to. If you have any uh, random acts of irrational annoyance in a couple of weeks' time, we'll put some more of those in. We interchange this with other things, of course. Send them through to us. Uh, Ian at onceaword.com. Kev at onceaword.com. We have something special on its way as well. Oh. So, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK is celebrating 40 years in the UK. And here's something else to celebrate. The fab Mitsubishi L200 is now available with £2,000 off across the range. It's truly the ultimate pickup featuring super select four-wheel drive, meaning you can drive in two- or four-wheel drive on any terrain with great finance options also available. Visit your local dealer this weekend and experience the Mitsubishi L200, the ultimate workmate. My worry is what's going to happen at this very point now. Well, let me tell you. When summer's over, what's the next thing you look forward to? Christmas. Christmas. Yay. And when it comes to Christmas, yeah. it's all about shopping. Yep. And it's very easy and convenient to go online to do your shopping these sure. days. You don't even have to step outside your bedroom no. to do your shopping. You could just go to sites like Amazon. Yes. Now, the wonderful thing about Amazon is when you buy a product, you can review that product. Mm -hmm. So I took a jaunt across the Amazonian part of the internet to find some products that are available, actual real products, and find some proper reviews of okay. said products. Okay. For example, available now on Amazon is the Paul Ross Canvas Print. Okay. Uh, it's available for £100 yep. new or used for £6,495.99. Right. Now, what okay. this is, it's a full 20-inch... It's not what you think. Full-colour print 
of Paul sitting in a garden on a chair. Okay. David M gives it one out of five and says, "You only buy a box canvas print of Paul Ross once, so make it count. Make it something your grandchildren could still be enjoying when you're dead. Sure, it's going to cost a few hundred more, but do you really want to go cheap on a landmark purchase like this? Like so many of the important things in life, when we're talking about a canvas print of Paul Ross, buy expensive and buy once." Evo von Himmel says, gives it one out of five. It says, I recently purchased this poster, and whilst it's lifelike, well made, and had a certain portly charm to it, I've since found out it's actually cheaper to hire Paul Ross to come over <laughs> and stand against the wall whenever you feel the need to look at him. Paul Ross! <laughs> Moving on from Paul Ross, before anything else happens. You can get three designs available, Ian, and okay. I, I think this is actually going to be your Christmas present, so this is a spoiler. Sounds good. A Russ Abbott tea towel. Are they really selling a Russ Abbott tea towel? It's 100% cotton. Okay. It costs twelve ninety nine. Right. P.D. Gray gives it five out of five and says, I love it. For years I've searched for the perfect item to complement my Les Dennis oven gloves and Dustin G kitchen roll holder. And now i found this. I'm in light entertainment heaven. <laughs> Will says, picture the scene. Yes. This is for the Russ Abbott tea towel, remember? You're at the dancing party and everyone's having fun. Your girl is right beside you and you feel like number one. But wait! Whilst dancing in the cool night air, the occasion is ruined as Frankie, you know, from the band, has knocked your drinks over. The Russ Abbott tea towel is 100% cotton and that means it's super absorbent. It soaks up all kinds of party spillages like soft drinks, alcohol, bodily fluids and other stuff too. So when you're next at a party, don't let the atmosphere go bad. Be prepared with a Russ Abbott 100% cotton tea towel. I want one. These are actual reviews. I want one. Steve McFadden, he's in EastEnders, isn't he? Yes. He, which, uh, one of the Mitchell brothers. Uh, Phil. Phil Mitchell, mm-hmm. yeah. Can I interest you in a Steve McFadden wall clock? Really? Signed by the artist. It's a it's a drawing of Steve, nice. or Steve's face okay. specifically, with uh, with clock hands coming out of the nose. Okay. Uh, Blackers gives it five out of five and says... We've all been in that position, have we not? You know, when you've been hunting for that special, elusive present for someone special? Imagine my joy when I came across the Steve McFadden canvas clock. <laughs> I presented it to my wife on her birthday, and she hasn't left me alone since, if you get my meaning. There's something quite exciting about having sex on my sofa with Big Steve looking on. <laughs> We're going to purchase the Pam St. Clement canvas clock as well, which does exist, to further spice up our love life. The thought of a foursome with these two greats of Albert Square oh, no. have made my nips stand out like <laughs> chapel hat pegs. <laughs> And finally, Atomic Cat gives it three out of five and writes, I was really disappointed when this arrived, as I thought I'd ordered a Mr. Potato Head clock for my son. I don't believe in throwing things away, so now Steve McFadden is perched above my child's bed and overlooks him as he sleeps, kind of like a Cockney Buddha or East End Jesus. (laughs) That's just sinister. If you find any other Amazon reviews uh, up to that standard, they're actually there. You can go and have a look. Kev at onceaword.com or follow me on Twitter and tweet them. At Sideshow underscore... Kev. And now, this. Credit stream. And there you go. It's another complete stunner, Kev, in the bag. It's all right, isn't it? Wasn't bad, yeah. was it? Thanks to you for downloading. Of course, if you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes to rate, review, and make sure you subscribe on the app as well. You can go to Stitcher and other places like that too. If you're an Android user, you can follow us 
on Twitter too, which is at once a word, and you get a free bag of gravel if you manage to convince 10,000 friends to follow us too. Uh-huh. The intro feature and sponsor music was by Kevin McLeod, of course. He's very good. Yeah, his website is incompetech.com. Uh, Andre, of course, was our technical operator. The programme was edited by Helen Bowman. Paul Ross was our intern. <laughs> and we are, of course, back in around about seven days for another one of these. Oh, the in-show catering. Abdul. Abdul's Coffee Shack. Ah. Still back with the finest, finest coffee in the land. And the cream slices I found slightly tart this week. I don't know what was in them. Uh, we're back in seven days where well, we might have LaDonna Harvey on with us. Ooh. We might have Will Guyatt on with us. Ooh. We might have Howard Hughes on with us. Ooh. We might have Alex Jones on with us. Ooh. Might have Jason Manford on with us. Exciting times. Very much so. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things. It's another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Outlander. The average car has over 30,000 parts. The Outlander has just one. Awesomeness. Get yours for just £249 per month, plus three years free servicing. That's why all these people are there. All these people around us, that's why they're there. Thank you very much.